everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. And boy, do we have a special guest for you and some great news coming your way today. Let me check in with my co-host, Ethan, and then we'll get right up with our guest. Yeah, it's good to be back, Brandon. Uh, Talk about a time to start recording this podcast. The Mac schedule just got released And I'll let you introduce our guest because I feel like he's going to be ready to talk this football schedule as well. Yeah, so today we are joined by a man that embodies the hard way. A graduate of NIU, a former football star for the Huskies, and now the head football coach. Huskies on tap listeners, we are pleased to welcome back to the show NIU head football coach Thomas Hammock. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We love having time to get, you know, with the coaches, the team, just kind of get set up for this season because like Ethan said... We got the schedule released, so I'll let Ethan, since he's the one who found it, we'll let Ethan take away the news, read off the teams to coach, and let's see how we feel about it. All right, so we start off at home for the first two weeks. Buffalo and Central Michigan come to DeKalb. The next two weeks then go on the road, Ball State, Western Michigan. Back at home for Toledo, and then we finish on the road against Eastern Michigan. So the part of the schedule there, weekday games until Thanksgiving, and then Saturday games following that. So is that like a bye week for Thanksgiving or is it, is it just going to be, is there going to be games that week or no? I assume there wouldn't be games. There's usually only like the. Yeah. It looks this... like there's a little bit of a bye week in there. Yeah. Okay. So coach, we got the six game schedule. We know, you know, what the goal is at the end of the year. How do you feel with the spots that the teams are at or where your team is at, how you guys will fare with that schedule? Well, I, I like the balance of the schedule. You say you, you open it up a, a condensed season, six game season. Uh, you got your first two games at home. What a great opportunity to play Buffalo, one of the top teams in the MAC, with an outstanding uh, running back in Jarrett Patterson. And um, that will certainly get our guys' attention, the way they play, the style of play, the physicality, their ability to run the ball versus our ability to stop the run. And I think that's going to be big. And November 4th, who knows what the weather will be, but I'm sure that will play a part in this game. So I like the balance. Two home games to start. Uh, two road games, then Toledo, which we obviously know is a big game for us, and then end up on the, on the road against Eastern uh, Michigan, uh, who, who had our number last uh, last year, a team we certainly anxious to play. But we're going to take it one game at a time. We're going to take each game for what it is, and we're going to try to maximize each game and try to play the best that we can play that particular week to give ourselves a chance to be 1-0. Yeah, I love that. Ethan actually just said it, you know, yesterday on our Notre Dame podcast. He he quoted me, but I think I stole it from you as you'll go one and know every week. Everybody do their one of one, their job, and then we'll be, you know, we'll be cooking. What would you say some, in your opinion, I guess you would say some advantages or disadvantages of a six game season? Well, I think, you know, some advantages to me is, is really going to be a season of momentum. Who can get out to a great start? Who can maintain the, the momentum, the of a great start. And obviously with COVID, who can protect your team from COVID, who can stay safe and healthy as possible so you can field the best team possible. And then obviously injuries. I think injuries is, is, is a part of it. Whereas if you had an injury early in the season, last year we had some injuries in the early part of the non-conference schedule, and then you still got to play 8, 10, 11 more games. Well, if you have an injury early, you got five or four more games remaining. So I like the condensed format. If there was ever a year uh, to be young, this would be it. And you get a chance to have guys go out there and, and youth provides uh, great energy, 
a great focus, very competitive. Our practices have been, you, you, you couldn't imagine the level of intensity of, that we've seen in practice. And part of that is guys are competing for jobs. You got guys that are hungry, that are starving to play. They want to be on the field. They want their they family to see them uh, in matching games on national TV. And uh, they bring that same energy and urgency uh, every day we practice. So I know we're kind of talking going 1-0 each week, but we're on the topic of the shortened season. So what does a team like NIU have to do to make it into a bowl game? How, do, how does the bowl eligibility work in a condensed season where you're only playing six games? And on a typical season, you're looking at six games to get bowl eligible. Obviously, you want to get to the MAC championship at the end, but what, what does that road look like? Well, I think the NCAA came out with some legislation that there was no requirements for bowls. So I'm not sure how that all is going to work. But for us, as you look at it, a short season, you know, what a great opportunity. If, if you beat the teams on your side of the division, you have a great opportunity to be playing in the championship game. And so you can really narrow your focus on what you need to do, what you need to accomplish. We are familiar with the teams that we're playing outside of Buffalo. And uh, we got tape from last year to learn from, to dissect, to digest, and to look for ways that we can improve early in the season. So you alluded to it a little bit earlier. And last week when, you know, I spoke with you in the press conference, you referred to the young talent on this roster as kind of being a shot in the arm that the program needed. Can Husky Nation expect to see some of our talented underclassmen in prominent roles this season? Yeah, I certainly think we're going to see some young players play. But first, they got to earn it. And, uh, you know, they they are checking all the boxes uh, since the time they got here uh, up until now. And then now we've had pads on and we've seen them. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, when this thing all shakes out. So I was up early for work this morning. I happened to drive right past the stadium. feel like you guys have been there all week, five o'clock in the morning. What has that schedule been like for you? I feel like it's got to be pumped the first couple of days, but later in the week, feel like the days get longer. What's that routine been like for you? Well, you know, first of all, we can't start practice at 6 a.m. So the lights are on early. Uh, per all right, fair Yeah, <laughs> You give an extra half hour. Yeah, but you know what? To, to be honest, you know, you always look for those moments where there's going to be a law. So for us, we practiced Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we came back. Our first early morning practice was Monday. So on my on my calendar, I had, you know, that day scheduled or circled as a day that you're going to have to try to ramp them up, get them juiced up and, and get them going. Um, but really what I, what, what I saw was the opposite. Those guys came here prepared to play and came here prepared to practice, and came here prepared to get 1% better that day. And so the energy and the urgency and the attention to detail has been outstanding. Normally, the newness wears off after a couple of days, it hasn't. And what we tried to do, we, we built the schedule progressively. Let's say if you want to count to five, you, most people go one, two, three, four, five, right? What we decided to do with our football schedule, we wanted to go one, two, three, bring it back down. One, two, three, four, bring it back down. One, two, three, four, five. And really that was a, a two-fold scenario to keep our team healthy and to get them indo- you know, re-indoctrinated to playing football. We haven't put pads on all, all, all year, all calendar year up until a couple of days ago. So for us, we wanted to make sure that our guys were physically in the right space uh, as far as their body to get them prepared to hit. And, and I really liked the way the schedule turned out. And uh, We've, we've had some outstanding practices. So 
that kind of leads me into one of the questions I prepared for you. You talked about bringing the juice early in the morning. So I wanted to ask you so far, who brings the most juice? Who's the juice man on the team in your opinion? What do you think? Well, we, we, we actually have a juice Jersey. There's a yellow Jersey that has juice, bring BYOJ like orange juice. And actually you have to win it every day. So we, you know, you have to do different things. You have to, whether it's making a play that brings the energy, whether it's setting the tone, whether it's giving a message. So we have guys competing for that. And we, we recognize them amongst their teammates. Number one, we recognize them with a, we send out a, a message that they, they was the juice player today. So they get acknowledgement from their teammates. And then the next practice, they get to wear the jersey. And everybody can see that yellow jersey. And, and that's something that guys have taken pride in that they think is important. And what I try to say is this is going to translate when it's time to play games. Um, when there's no fans or limited fans or whatever the case may be, okay, we have to bring our own energy. And the energy that we bring, we feed off each other. And when you make plays, it become easier. So with that being said, and, you know, I'm sure you've watched the college games that have gone on this year at SMU. I've seen them bringing out bottles, shooting off confetti. I've seen, you know, we've seen the turnover chain, the turnover cloak, all these different things. Do you guys have anything cooking up for uh, this season, offense or defense, like some sort of medal of honor for a big play? You know, we got some great ideas. And actually, I'm going to <laughs> install it to the team tomorrow. So we got some things that we've already been practicing. You know, it's like anything. Just like you practice offense, defense, and special teams, you have to practice your celebrations or things that you're going to do during the game. So I'm going to install the whole agenda uh, of different things that we're going to incorporate uh, to make sure that we have the right type of urgency and the right type of energy to go out there and perform at a high level. And I will tell you this, I don't know if media is allowed, but if Ethan and I are allowed, or even if we're just on the other side of the fence in our parking lot where we live, we will make as much noise as possible to give you guys an edge. All right, I, I, we, we will certainly appreciate it. Yell loud, <laughs> yell often. Yeah. So uh, I did, I did hear, I did catch a tidbit though. You talked about how the team hasn't been, you know, in pads or practicing at that level. And we've seen it a little bit early in college football where teams are having struggle uh, tackling and stuff of that nature. What would you say the best route, like you said, you kind of said the one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. Is that the best way to kind of ramp your team up to get ready so that, you know, when they get to November 4th, you know, everybody's ready to start hitting? You know, we felt for us that was necessary. And really, it gave us a a chance to really hone in on the, the fundamentals and techniques of your position without the intensity of going against somebody across from you. Because what you see is a lot of times, if you, if you miss a step with the fundamentals and techniques, then when you start hitting with pads, that's the first thing that goes. So in a short season, like it is, you know, how fundamentally sound can we be? And we talk about being brilliant in the basics. And if we can be brilliant in the ba- basics, you won't beat yourself. And we want to be able to play clean football. We want to be able to protect the football first and and foremost, we want to tackle. How many games have you seen where the tackling is not very good? Okay. We want to play great special teams. Okay. So how do we play great special teams? Because a lot of times those are some guys that's down the line, not necessarily all starters, but guys that you got to make sure they, they feel that urgency that special teams is important. It's one third of the game and a lot of big plays happen on special teams. So we wanted to make sure we took the steps necessary day by day to get the things done that we needed to before we, we went into the full out banging and scrimmaging and everything else. 
we wanted to make sure our, our fundamentals and techniques were up to par. Are there any players so far that stand out to you after this first couple of days of practice that are, you know, obviously returning to, to form or kind of, you know, return to, to campus and kind of shine from before? Yeah, you know, I think I think we, we, we got a lot of players, to be honest with you. And what I explained to the players is, you know, the first two, two weeks are for you guys. And that's your chance to show us as coaches what type of player you are, okay? But what I can tell you is the strength of our team is going to be the depth of our roster, okay? And we, we, have, we have depth at certain positions where, you know, four guys can legitimately be a starter, which is good. Now you're looking at injuries, you're looking at COVID, a guy may have to be out for two weeks. Uh, so the strength of our team is, is, is really the depth. And so we have quality depth throughout. Uh, we have quality size. We are a, a much bigger, more athletic football team. And I think that will be, the, you know, some of the first things that people notice when, when, when they play us. Yeah, and you talk about the athleticism on this team. You talk about, you know, like you said, you have a good solid mixture of veterans and underclassmen. What are realistic expectations? Not like, I'm going to say not win-loss, but you know how kind of, you know, Coach Isis and Coach Jackson have their kind of concepts. What are some realistic goals like per game that you want to see? I don't know if you have a specific concept. I, I heard something uh, brilliant, something, but I don't know if I got it all the way. Brilliant in the basics. But brilliant, really, brilliant uh, basics, okay. I'm sorry. Really what we did was, to be honest, um, last, last year I was watching Navy in the bowl game and they had these things that they felt like can really turn their season around. And it was really interesting to me. So it was like things on offense, defense, and special team. So what I, what I explained to our coaching staff, let's come up with the things offensively, defensively, and special teams that is going, that we can look at at the end of the day and realize, okay, though, did we hit it or did we not hit it? And, and what's the outcome? So we came up with the sweet six uh, that coach Eisner's, uh, talked about. We came up with the Husky Havoc that Coach Jackson talked about. And on special teams, we have the special six. So when, when we have a meeting after after a game, we're going to go through and see if we hit those metrics that we think will uh, directly determine uh, if you have an opportunity to win a game or not. And so that's something that we, we put together as a, as a whole team, not necessarily Eisner's put this together or, D, or Coach Jackson. We put it together as a unit to say, how can we make our, our football team better? So we sat down and we, we, we threw out different ideas and it took us two or three weeks to put it all together. But I think I, I like the way that it came about. And I like that the, our, all of our players memorized their side of the ball plus special teams. So if you ask any guy on, on our team, hey, on, on offense, what's the sweet six? On defense, what's the Husky habit? And it's ingrained in them to understand this is going to win us football games. And so... Those would be the things that we'll look for. Obviously, this is kind of an unnatural time, but I almost feel like the development aspect of your team was greater because of all of this. There was more time spent with the guys, you know, virtually things like that. With a young team like we have here at NIU, how do you feel that the development of the team went this off? Well, to me, I think it plays in our favor because this is, we were young. We were young August 1st. We're a lot older you know, in October, we're going to be a lot older in November, if that makes sense. So all of those, all of that youth. Now I look at some of these guys and it feel like we done practice and did so many different things with them. It's like they're almost redshirt freshmen. So, you know, from a physical standpoint, we've gotten a lot bigger. 
Uh, they, they got a lot better understanding. We spent more time with these guys than you normally would in a normal training camp. Um, so they can, they can re regurgitate the offense, the defense, the special teams back to us. And being on Zoom, you know, you got to find creative ways to continue to teach. And part of that teaching for us is we wanted to ask a lot of questions to make sure we get a lot of feedback, as opposed to when you, you share the screen and you put a, a slide up, you don't know if they're looking at it or not. So we found some, we played Jeopardy. We played Wheel of Fortune with, with football things. So we found some interesting things to make sure we keep them engaged, but also get the type of feedback that we need uh, to make sure they understand the material. So I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I've seen you guys playing softball, stuff of that nature. Of your entire team and your entire staff, who is the most competitive person that just absolutely refuses to lose any time this type of, like any competition? That's a good question. And I see you had a pretty good swing out there. Maybe we, we had a little bit of baseball in the past, I see. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I certainly played baseball. Uh, that's a good question. It's hard to say who's the most competitive. I think that, I think by nature, all these guys are, are, are competitive athletes, coaches as well. You know, you see coaches getting into it. They diving for balls. I'm like, listen, I, I think I still, I like my Achilles. I like my hamstrings. Uh, I would, I would, you know, it'd be nice to walk around normal, but it, it got real competitive with the coaches. Uh, unfortunately, the players beat us. Um, you know, they, they had a couple of young guys that hit some dingers on us and then made some unbelievable catches. Um, but I think we got a competitive team all the way around, coaches and players. And it, it's fun to come to work knowing that there's always a guy looking to, to, to one-up you. Yeah, I think it's funny that you talked about just the coaching staff as a whole being competitive because just with our conversations from Coach E and Coach Jackson, they both talked about the fact that you guys will butt heads, but at the end of the day, like, it's a collective unit. It's one brain, like, working together. Just the different pieces don't mesh all the time. You know, we yeah. laughed at that because, you know, Brandon and I, the same unit. So, you know, at the end of the day, the the fun culture at this program, it starts with you. And and I think that that's really one step forward of this team's success. And, and I got to praise that for you and your coaching staff. Well, I think I think they understand. I have 51% of the vote. So I, I have I have the majority. <laughs> um, but but what all, all head coaches understand uh, great assistants make great head coaches. And, and what I mean by that is I'm only as good as my staff and we have an outstanding staff. Guys just work, work hard. They're all in. They're committed to the process of making sure we get our players coached up, making sure we get the right type of young men in the program, and then make sure we hold them accountable in the classroom and on the football field, uh, which I think is important. We're, we, we are not going to uh, skip a step uh, in the process. We want guys to leave here with their degree, uh, leave here with a, with a great college experience, and obviously play some great football uh, as well. So one thing you've talked about and one thing we've seen, you know, through your various coaches and yourself, you know, with the NFL networks that you guys have through your coaching careers, can you explain the value of during this time being able to, you know, call up one of your former players that played in the NFL or is currently playing uh, to talk to your current team and help them through what they might be going through right now as a college athlete? Yeah, it's, it's huge. We've had a, we, we got a segment we call Power to Pack. And so every week we had a different uh, speaker over different material and and that's big i mean because you know we can say something as coaches um but if they hear from another player it may touch them a little bit differently so you know we want to make sure we we are uh, making sure our student athletes are well-rounded all across the board um and i think that's important because when you walk in parents homes 
and you say, I'm going to look after your son, we want them to leave here a, a better man, a better person, a better football player, so they can be a great husband, a great father, or whatever they decide to do in life. Uh, and that's important to me um, because it's, it's about the relationships. You know, 10 years down the line, uh, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, all these guys coming back and telling stories about, you know, how I coached them or whatever, stuff that I forgot, uh, quite, quite honestly. But it was stuff that, that, that helped guys along the way in their process of life. And it makes you feel proud. I mean, as a coach, as a person that I, I was able to affect uh, people in a positive light and it's still affecting them to this day. And so that's what I want these guys to, to experience. I want these guys to embrace. We, we, we have a family. We're going to do things the right way. We're going to treat you right. Uh, all we ask is, is, is you control the things that we need you to control. Go to class. Get your grades. Okay? Do everything on the football field to make yourself the best uh, player possible is all we ask. Yeah, and one thing I want to say and just, you know, to commend you yourself and, and the staff that you guys have, I mean, Ethan and I are two students for for people that don't know. So, I mean, we're not your traditional form of media. So absolutely hats off to you guys for, you know, like you said, taking your time, giving Coach Jackson and Coach Ivan's the time to come on our show. Like we're more than appreciative and, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, trust me, Ethan and I, we remember everything. We will always remember the stuff that you guys have done for us in the short period of time that we've been doing what we do. Yeah, everything you do, you try to pay it forward, right? I mean, I didn't get to this point without people spending time to help me. And uh, I want to continue to help others, uh, help our players. And, and that's why you do it. You know, if you don't enjoy uh, being around college uh, students or student athletes, then then go to the pros. And I was in the pros and it's much different. Uh, but I really uh, like the atmosphere that we have here with our student athletes and the way that we're able to touch their lives uh, and, and help them grow and mature as people and as players. Yeah, you talk about, you know, reaching out, getting the fans there, stuff like that. What are some ways that the fans at home can support our Huskies this year? It's going to be a little different, obviously, but, you know, what are some ways, in your opinion, that, you know, our fans, our students who are on campus as well can help out the team this year? Well, I know right now they're running a Husky Invest campaign. I think that's one way you can help. I mean, obviously this pandemic has been tough for everybody and, and obviously for athletic departments uh, it's been extremely tough so you, you can help with financial means or if you can't do that then then obviously uh, anything that you can do uh, support wise if they're open up the games come uh, support our, our, our student athletes uh, at games and then obviously once once this pandemic is over then obviously we would love to see the fans come back in full force uh, and, and, and show their husky pride. Yeah, and that's one thing that I know was touched on in the press conference last week. It's kind of out of our control for those that don't know. Obviously, we would love to have fans in the stands, but that's something that's going to be up to the medical officials and the local governments. But one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, with the very personal level that you take in recruiting, you know, you handwrite your own letters, you make sure you're the only person that is offering someone. How has this time taken a toll or either been an advantage to how you recruit players? Well, we found some creative ways to, uh, you know, uh, get recruits uh, on the phone, on Zoom, uh, show them the facilities. And obviously, we, we had a great advantage. We were a little bit ahead in the recruiting process for the 21 class um, because we saw most of these kids last year over the summer. So the first couple months of January and February, we had probably 300 kids on campus. Uh, so we had the first, you know, right of refusal with the kids that we were able to see. And we were 
we were prepped and, and prepared. I think my staff did a great job of identifying the guys we need to get on campus. And I, obviously it wound up helping us. I mean, you know, we got, you know, uh, 19, 20 commitments right now, which is, you know, outstanding. Uh, and most of the guys have already been on campus. I mean, that's the big thing is most of our commits have been on campus, uh, which means you got a better chance of hold on, holding on to them. I wanted to ask you, getting back to the preparation for the season, what's in the works, any type of part two red-black scrimmage, anything like that? Yeah, you know, we're going to have a couple scrimmages. You know, what we're going to try to do is, you know, keep it to a, a pitch count, uh, you know, maybe scrimmage 15 minutes one day, you know, 20 minutes the next, and then have one big scrimmage. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that's most important to us right now is, is keeping our guys healthy. You know, if we if we scrimmage and we get some guys hurt, you're looking at a different football team. Uh, so we want to be, be able to be smart. Um, but at the same time, we know we got to get some physical work in uh, so we can be prepared on November 4th against Buffalo. Yeah, and you bring up player health. I think that is like the whole theme behind this year. A little bit earlier, we talked about, you know, making sure that everybody on the depth chart knows their job and can fill in if necessary. I think one thing that goes understated is like small nagging injuries, like hamstrings and stuff like that, that can be alleviated if you just stress prop or stretch properly and just kind of, like you said, do a little bit of a ramp up period and don't just go straight into running down on kickoff and blasting people. So I think it was the right way to go about it. Yeah. You know, I, I called uh, three different NFL teams because after the second week of the NFL season, you saw so many injuries and what, what you realize is, is two teams felt like they wasn't physical enough uh, doing training camp, and so they, they had some injuries. And then the other team felt they were physical in training camp, which allowed them to minimize the injuries that they, they had in games. So, But what they did say was they, they ramped it up into the physicality, but they made sure they got, they got the same amount of work done uh, from a physical standpoint. Coach, the, the pictures have been out there. I, I got to ask, where has the mask come from no free ads but we will give you this one where have you gotten the mask because we both love them yeah no uh Vinay Mullick is, is is a good friend of mine's uh he went to NIU he's a husky through and through and uh he's got a he's got a company uh mini jerseys and uh so so he sends me some samples and if I like them then he said okay we, we can produce those so uh he's done a great job and uh I think obviously he's got, I told him to get his website up so people can get those masks because it's actually quite comfortable and you, you, you got to love the design. Yeah, that was the one part too. I definitely love that. Uh, I got to go with the gator look. I love that more than the general mask look. I feel like it's, it's more comfortable there, but hey, anytime you can get that website out to us, I know Brandon and I are definitely going to be hitting him up. No problem. Coach, do you have words for your team right now? I know you talk to them every day, but just words that maybe you can give to your team regarding this season. Well, what I told them is we are right on schedule. You know, I, I went into it expecting some things not to quite be where I, where they are. So they have they have pleasantly surprised me from a, a knowledge standpoint, a physicality standpoint, a buy-in standpoint. I mean, these guys are bought in. Uh, and they are competing their tail off. So, you know, my message to them is to continue to doing doing the things necessary uh, to get us prepared. Because if you keep pr practicing and preparing like we are, uh, we're going to be just fine. Yeah, and on the topic of practice, I know we haven't asked yet, and we've asked a couple other players. With 
the social distancing and everyone being in smaller groups, has that given you guys a better idea, like you said, to work on the fundamentals? So like quarterbacks or with quarterbacks, receivers and, and vice versa or so on and so well, forth? Well, actually, you know, we, we've started the, the testing protocols with the Mac, uh, which I think is fantastic. And we test them four uh, days a week. So obviously when you hit the field, you feel like you have a clean team. And, and we know, you know, the positives or the negatives. And I, I think uh, for us to go out there with that confidence um, that, you know, hey, we protecting our bubble. You know, we trying to form uh, like similar to what the NBA did, a, a bubble. And, and that's what we're trying to form to make sure we can keep our, our, our players uh, safe, uh, most importantly, so they don't con- uh, contract the virus. Coach, we're under a month away from kickoff. Any words for Husky Nation? I just think, you know, Husky Nation, this is, this is a, a very exciting football team. A lot of things can happen, um, but we want to go out there and play the best football possible. And uh, I'm excited about it. We're happy to hear that. Do you know if there are any sort of like virtual watch parties or stuff of that nature going on or in the works so that maybe alumni or, or former football players, because I've seen some schools do it so far with just how strange this year is and fans not being allowed at the stadium. And I've also seen, uh, like, for example, tonight they're doing the 1998, I forgot exactly the matchup and I'm going to sound like an idiot. Central Michigan game. I saw your, I saw your post because you were yeah, there on a visit. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. So, I mean, I know, I know they definitely do cook up stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure there will be something in the works. And and like you said, like, we're just happy to have football. It, it was such a year of, you know, question marks. And, you know, we saw great leadership from Sean Frazier and, and Lisa Freeman and the whole NIU leadership committee to make sure that, you know, the players weren't at risk, the staff and, you know, the relative area was not at risk for this virus. And obviously moving forward, like you said, with the four tests a week and everything that they have going on, we feel comfortable moving forward. Where can we find you at on social media, coach? You can find me at NIU Coach Hammock. I've also recently joined Instagram, but I'm working on how to figuring out how to, how to work that. Uh, I'm, I'm a one social media guy at a time. Coach, if you're looking for a social media intern, I mean, Hey, yeah. I think hey. you just found your social media hey, team, Coach. Yeah, Brandon, you want to coach? Ethan, you on social media? I, I mean, we got to get you guys around. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, Coach, we need it. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, we can definitely set that up. I don't know if we're too late for this season, but I will say I love your captions on Instagram because you're very aware of how your team uses Instagram. And I want to just ask you, because I did make a little artwork for our show later. Can I use that picture of you looking at the ref for the show? Yeah, you can you can certainly do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I want to make know, sure with you. <laughs> I, I know I know players look at Instagram, so I, I got to make sure I'm, I'm trying to give a message to them. You know, sometime, um, but they they get a kick out of it. Hey, well, I'm glad, you know, like you said, you're, you're a chameleon coach. You're, you're able to adapt with the times. You got the Twitter, you got the Instagram, you're here on the podcast today. You've been doing a great job since you got back here on campus. And like we said, you know, throughout the podcast and the first time we had you on, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. We're going to turn it around to you. If you do have any questions for us, let them ride. No, I just want to say thank you. Thank you guys for you know, what you do, you know, your, your support for the program, getting a message out there, I think has been, has been really, really good. So keep doing what you do. Keep working hard and uh, go Huskies. 
Hey, go Huskies coach. Thank you very much for joining us today. We were joined by NIU head coach, Thomas Hammock. He got into how his team has been able to adjust since they got back from quarantine, the way they've been able to progress and learn as a football team. It's been a great time hanging out with coach Hammock today. Ethan, you got anything else before we wrap up? Just a quick thank you, coach. I appreciate you coming on and uh, I'll get you that uh, my resume for the internship there. Sounds good. Yeah, resumes, resumes will be sent, Coach, but thank you for taking the time and go Huskies. Go Huskies. Yeah. I got dreams of living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got dreams of living lavish in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over coming with it. The, they took my heart away. Heart away. Hard away, hard away, jump in it hard.